This is Entrepreneurs Get Visible, the podcast for people who want more impact, influence, and income. I'm Anna Parker-Naples, and I'll be sharing with you proven methods from leading entrepreneurs that help you get visible as an authority in your field. Because anything's possible when you get visible. today, people, I'm really excited to speak with Adam Lewis Walker today because I think our messages are, there's a lot of synergy behind them. So welcome to the show, Adam. Great to have you here. Thanks for having me. So your tagline, one of your taglines is amplify your message. And that obviously is a good fit for entrepreneurs get visible. What's that about and where did it come from? Yeah. So, um, you said one of my taglines. So I'm, I'm known for Awaken Your Alpha, which is a six-year running podcast um, on, on all the platforms. And I know you're big into your podcast as well. And that became, in terms of you know getting visible, that became a TEDx talk in 2016. So it's very much that show is a personal development that's very much about amplifying your mission and you know aiming big. And I know it's something you talk about as well, and aiming big. But there's tools to amplify your message and a podcasting is one a TEDx talk is one publishing a book is one and these are all ones for me that have you know a tripod really that have helped me and amplify the the mission and the message so that's kind of how it evolved into that so it's very much I'm about mission and then that's evolved over the years in 20 sort of 2019 is when I launched the Talk Accelerator podcast. It's more specifically about amplifying your message. And that's just a tool to do it as podcasting and publishing is. And so you now are coming to us from across the pond in the States. Tell us about your journey, because clearly that is not a US accent that we're hearing. (laughs) No. So I'm originally from just south of London in the UK. And I always knew I wanted to move to the States. My wife is uh, American, but she grew she grew up largely between the two countries, and she she's a she's a, like a sneaky American. She you can't tell she's American. So when I met her, I didn't know until the passport came out that kind of thing. So I was like, oh, that's handy, number one. And I was a teacher. She ticks the boxes. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Let's put a ring on that. But, um, we um, yeah, so. I always knew we wanted to move to the States and I was a teacher and where the actual specific area we was going to move to is very remote up in Northern Michigan. It's pretty much like Canada. Imagine that on the Great Lakes. And I was transitioning. I was a PE teacher for you know almost 10 years and I was trying to get to the Olympics as a pole vaulter. So that kind of lifestyle went really well together. Hang on, hang on. You just threw that in there. I was, <laughs> say it again. <laughs> a pole vaulter. <laughs> Love it. This is why conversation is so important. This is amazing. Tell me about your career as a pole vaulter. So yeah, it's. I think that's what kept me teaching for so long because as I say, when the summers were, I was off work, that's when the season was at its height and you know amazing. it kept me active. And so that was kind of how that lifestyle went together. And I was really trying to get to the, the Olympics and pursue. That was really all my kind of, external energy was in like doing entrepreneurial things on the side, but ultimately trying to get to the Olympics. If that's going to happen, you've got to be fully committed. So I was in uh, 2008 is when I had a, it's England, obviously. So a bad pole vault accident in the rain, dislocated my knee, tore the ACL, ripped um, the minister's cottage off the end of the bones. And it was, it was two years of on crutches, rehab operations. And it was just when I'd quit my, my teacher job to transition into, um, wow. I'd set up a, a sports speed academy and sort of a youth strength and conditioning. Sort of, I had a few clubs running as it were around the place. Unfortunately, it was a very active role. And I was basically for the next two years on crutches and having multiple operations. And, wow. you know, I, I, I really struggled mentally as well. Not just the fact of the knee. It was more, I was at that point, 
I was told I wouldn't pole vault again. So it's kind of very lost at that stage. So that's where I started to put my attentions into helping other people. And, and Awaken Your Alpha came out oh of just goodness. experimenting. How the hell do I get out of this? And really, I know you've had a, a very tough time. Yeah, so... Of- so what, what I love about this, listeners, is Adam and I have literally just done an episode for Awaken Your Alpha. So I don't know when each episode is releasing, which one comes out first, but we've just recorded that. And obviously I was sharing with him my story of that I felt like my life was over and dark. Not once did Adam indicate I've been there. Not once. So I love the beauty of this. I actually want to share with you my own Olympic pole vaulter related story. Not that I was ever... We, when I was at middle school, I can remember being in the really sweaty gymnasium. We were told we had this Olympic celebrity coming and I was I was nine. I literally didn't know anyone. And we all had individual photos with this guy. I think he was a javelin thrower rather than pole vaulter. But, yeah. you know, they had yeah. big sticks and it was Olympics. That's the- yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, he um, we got all the photos back. It was a big thing then. It was all in the papers. And then a week later, he got done for severe drug use. And it, oh, it, it happened. <laughs> so all of a sudden, everything that the school had been going, celebrate 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 all of a sudden backtrack backtrack backtrack. (laughs) they never sent us those for individual photographs so funny oh my goodness so um so so now then you you have two shows and you are helping people which is what we're talking about today to get their own ted talks yeah so what does that look like for you in terms of running your business how is that happening yeah and i'd say how and why as well because um generally most a lot of the people i have on my show you know that lots of entrepreneurial people or people who want if they're coming onto a show as well they they want to amplify their message they want to put it out there like, like much like get visible ultimately and as i said one of the key if you ask me i like to only you know work with pe- people and put stuff out there from experience so as i say when i did the tedx talk for me it really it's one of them things it's uh, it definitely moved the needle and it got attention and opened doors so that's, you know, and people, again, very organically, I never planned to work with people in this way. I was, you know, doing Awaken Your Alpha stuff. I wanted to get my own message out and leverage it like that. And that yeah. became a book off the back of the TEDx talk. But people, regardless of what I was doing, it's interesting to listen to what people kind of know you for and also what they keep asking you for help on. I always, always ask, how do you do a podcast? Mm. How do you do a TEDx? Or how do you get a TEDx? How does that work? So I started helping people, you know, just very casually at start and then more in a coaching sort of format and more official. And then I felt as well at the time I looked around, there was, there was a few, you know, TEDx kind of coaches helping people get the TEDx's, but it was very much on a high end level mm-hmm. with no other options. And yes, I think that's important to have that individual nature and, and work with people like that. That's an option, but also there are certain things that you just need to do. There is a certain process and there are hacks to that. So I want, and I didn't want to just keep repeating myself. So mm-hmm. I created the talk accelerator program and kind of a course around that, that you can, yeah, you can work with me one-to-one, but it's also in a, in a group setting for the majority of that. So when I did that, as a podcaster, eventually that was kind of, that comes like audio to you. It came easy to launch that off the back of it. And I did not want a second podcast because again, like anything, a lot of work. if you've got mm-hmm. 10 podcasts, you're gonna, yeah, you're going to be diluted as well in your message. So that's where, you know, I want to make sure it all kind of lined up with, you know, awaken your alpha, like amplify your mission, amplify your message. And also my, one of my special sources, as it were, you know, is, is it barbecue or Big Mac sauce. I feel like barbecue sauce. But also, <laughs> I was trying to, every reason not to launch another podcast, because I know they're powerful, but I do know they take work. The final thing that did it for me is, I thought, how can I leverage a podcast before it's even launched? How can it add more value 
to me, in a business sense, regardless of it, just it's a good podcast. And yes, it will attract clients and customers. And yes, it will give value and, uh, and put it out there. So what I do is for my clients, I, uh, as part of the, I think it's module three, I know it's module three, the TEDx hunt, when they put a specific couple of events that are relevant to them and that they're interested, I then independently go and contact them event organizers as a, you know, established podcaster, award-winning podcaster that has this podcast can or are they interested in a short interview? I always say short because I, you know, obviously it's more likely to happen. And then I basically grill that TEDx organizer specifically on that event, what they're looking for this year, the things that are not on the website. They basically get the insider interview and insider hack. And the timing of that is really important because that interview, when I record like this, will go to the client or go to my members area literally within an hour the raw footage and that's the thing that makes the difference this is the hack so people when I talk about getting visible and about making the right connections and about getting the right information and being in the right places it's finding those what are the quick ways how can I do that and you've talked about doing a TED talk you've talked about you're an author you've got a podcast those things are so important they're so important as badges of honor that's not even the right word Credibility. Credibility. So Authority. I, yeah. Anyone who's got a TEDx talk to their name, they're very likely I'm going to interview them because it's not just, just the credibility. They've been pre, you know, pre-qualified by someone else and there's no way around it. You can't just sign up, get a TEDx and then not do the work. You have to prep. The organizers, I make you do the work, but the organizers especially as well, you have to work on your talk. And so then you're going to get a very concise you know, idea worth sharing for a podcast or whatever format it is that is um, you've worked on for a long time. And usually, uh, you know, in that 15 minutes, it it's means it's ideal for a, a podcast interview, number one. And yeah, someone's giving you that stamp of approval. And it's, uh, you know, I haven't been let down. I haven't had any bad interviews from a, a TEDx speaker because they've done that work that is, you know, you've got to do. They know their topic inside out. If you've had to deliver high quality content for 20 minutes or 18 minutes or whatever the timing is, you know it and it's sharp. And so even if you go into an interview where you don't know what the questions are going to be, like we're doing now, we're just having a conversation. You don't know what I'm going to say. I don't know what I'm going to say half the time, but someone who has either done a TED talk or written a book on it, you know they are going to have a level of eloquence about what they say. Yeah. Despite all the fact I'm very aware that I'm not necessarily saying that in the most eloquent way, but you get my point. Yeah, no, 100%. So exactly what you said in the book, like a book is good and I can, you can always pull from someone's, got like literally yeah. their, their chapter outlines and you know there's that's almost too much, but you've got stuff to pull from and they've you know put the thought into that. And so the TEDx is just like distilling mm. that down into, okay, what, from the book, for example, as it worked for me, what is, you know, what if you have to say the most priority things like for 10 minutes, what is it? What it's, what's it all about? So yeah, it's a really powerful thing. And, and you can use it in your marketing in terms of getting visible. Mm. You don't necessarily have to say, hey, check out my TED Talk. You can do that. That's still useful. But also if anyone's like, oh, what is, what's the podcast about? Or what's the book about? I literally send them either clips of my TEDx and just say, mm. this is what Awaken Your Alpha is about. And if you like this, you'll love the book or you'll love the podcast. If you don't like this, just watch a couple of minutes. The book's probably not going to be for you or the podcast. So it's good to qualify people in that way. And obviously they're watching it. So it saves their time just briefly. And also then they think, oh, he's done a TEDx talk or she's done a TEDx talk. And so it's just, it is that layer of credibility and, and you, you can cut up, you know, an 18 minute talk into like literally 30 videos on specific things and share them in your marketing. So I want to get behind what made that first talk happen for you. Let's talk about what that Awaken Your Alpha means for you. Yeah. So as a lot of people are, TEDx talks, sometimes people have, and this is not everyone, but have it in that category of, 
I want to do a TEDx one day. I think it's because I was in education and I used to, as a teacher, I used to pull up TED talks and TEDx talks just because again, if you're trying to get someone engaged and I may be teaching, you know, a group and students are ruthless, obviously, you know, if you're not entertaining. What age group did you have? I was basically um, high school right up to, or secondary school right up to college. I finished up in colleges. So literally 17, 18, 19, 20. Tough crowd. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, that's where I cut my teeth because yeah, even if you've been awesome for like years and you turn up and you're having an off day, they're going to yeah, let everybody you know. loves ruthless. their PE teacher, though, don't they? Doesn't everyone love their <laughs> PE teacher? Especially you. You were like almost an Olympian. <laughs> oh, man. But, but people, you know, it's, you've got to be entertained as well. But the thing is with that, it's just that different voice. And so if anyone's listening and think, oh, that's been done or am I the right person? You are the right person. If you, mm. you know, if you've got to use your unique, you know, message and really yes. put, put the work into whatever platform you put in, put the work into why are you uniquely qualified to speak about this? So for me, I, I can't even remember when I didn't want to do a TEDx talk, but I also, sometimes people go, oh, I'll do it when, when I'm ready. And, mm-hmm. and ultimately it actually worked out all right for me because I thought, oh, I'll do that when I move country. So I move country and I'm like, oh, I better, I better crack on and go after it. But the important thing is I didn't wait. You know, yes. there's, there's a bit of a myth that you think, actually, I'm going to do all these good stuff. And then someone's going to come and find me and say, oh, like, and it does happen. But the thing is, the interesting thing, when someone, if you've done enough things, as it were, and you're being that visible, that someone comes out and finds you and and wants you for a TEDx, as opposed to you going out and putting yourself in these positions, a lot of times you won't be that bothered about it by that time because you'd have got so many other accolades. You've grown beyond it. Yeah, it's like kind of, uh, whereas it's most valuable if you want to get visible or if you want to take a, you know, a transition into a new arena. That's what it can be used for. If you if you want to write a book, it can be great. It can be used in the marketing of that, and and that's how it worked out for me as well. And, and I use it for the marketing of the book, and it and it helped me clarify it into kind of what is the Awakening Rapper book really going to be about. So, so let's dive in then to what does it really mean that you have to do to get a TEDx talk? What are the crucial steps you have to follow? Okay, so in terms of uh, getting a TEDx talk, first I think it's important to that mindset shift of. Oh, no, I want to do one or, you know, hopefully this is going to happen. I tr- truly believe if you decide actually this is something I'm willing to put the work in and commit to it, it's not a question of if it's going to happen. It's purely timing. And the problem I find with a lot of uh, people looking for the TEDx talks, it's hard for them to put it at a priority as in it's, you're not get, no one's going to pay you to do the TEDx talk. It's not going to be actually, I'm going to give it, you know, a little bit of work this month and then I'm going to secure it necessarily. It is quite a long game. So I think it's important to decide I'm going to get this and I'm going to consistently keep putting the work in whatever that work may be, but I'm going to keep putting the work in to get this until it's done. So with that mindset, you think, well, actually, I might as well put a bit more work in because I don't want this to drag out for yeah, like three years or four get years. Get on with it. <laughs> but yeah, there's never going to be a perfect time. But th- and the other side of that is there is so many things you can do in getting a TEDx. And this is part of the problem. So when usually people pick it up for a bit, do a little bit of work trying to get their TEDx and then put it down for a bit and then they pick it up again later down the line and they're kind of starting from square one or they've got all these things they could do. So following some kind of process and system and like, okay, once you've done step one, then then do step two, step three, but don't just... Um, Half-ass it. <laughs> yeah, it's, and, and, and that's the thing. People want to kind of jump to step five or step six. Like there's no point... Work- okay, this is the key thing. There is no point working on your TEDx talk really to any kind of level of depth until you've secured it. So my first thing was change it from, oh, I'm going to you know, create my TEDx talk and I'm going to, there's no point in terms of going to that level of detail. So my whole process is 
the emphasis is on securing your TEDx, securing and smashing it. There is training and we do support on that, but there's no point going into that area until it's secured because it's not, you're not going to, oh, you've got your TEDx, it's on next week. You'll be like, oh my God, I'm not prepared. It's a long game. So the, the mindset is, well, I would say if anyone's listening to this, realistic mind, if you want to do a TEDx, then giving yourself a goal of securing it in the next year is realistic. Six months to a year is realistic because there's outside things that affect it in terms of the events and when they are. The right one for you may have just closed its applications. And that usually applications close anywhere from eight months out to like four months out, usually six months, and they're locked down. So it could be quite a long time till that next event comes up because I get a lot of kind of, oh, I want it to, I want to do it once uh, I've got these things in place and I'll, then I'll go after my TEDx. But and they kind of like literally want it then. It can be a long process. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, I'd say start researching it instantly. Like that is the first, just start researching, go and start looking for information. You know, we've got the Talk Accelerator podcast, for example, has season one, 40 interviews with TEDx organizers and speakers and why they've done it. What was the, you know, what helped them get it? What was not very helpful? What, what would they do differently? And TEDx organizers. So there's, there's resources out there. But the sooner you can get to the research phase, because then there's a lot of things like, oh, that changes my approach because... I was going to say the fact that you can always find out the individual organiser and who is in charge of deciding and doing a little bit of online stalking actually, I'd imagine, becomes very useful in your pitch. Oh, there's yeah, there's so many. That's one of the one of the um, the modules I have. Literally, is is called "Make It Happen," and it's it's late. It's you know later in the the training, as it were, because you've done the fundamentals. So it's not just jump into certain things, but you've done the fundamentals. Like, okay, if it hasn't happened for whatever reason, why not? What else can you do? And it's just again doing it in the right way because TEDx organizers, you know, depending on the level of event, they can be bombarded, as it were. You know, some events have like 400 and that's mm-hmm. not, that's definitely not the highest 400 applications for each event they run. So that's the other thing. Not all TEDx events are created equal. You have a TEDx event, like in Michigan, I think though this year, this month, but it's obviously got cancelled, postponed. That it was going to be a TEDx event, but it was going to be held in the stadium, like a 60,000 seat stadium. Whoa. That's still a TEDx event. But then you have when a TEDx event starts, so, okay, I'm an organizer, this is going to be my first event, first year, you're limited to 100 attendees. So that's a level one TEDx event. Then right. there's level two level. So they're not all created equal. What is created equal is the credibility of being a TEDx speaker. The video that goes online as a TEDx speaker has the same chance of being into the millions of views or being in like a hundred views that has nothing to do whether you did it in a 60,000 seat stadium or you did it with front of 50 people in a local library at the local event that they've just started. So what's your advice then? Do you think it's better to start with a smaller one and just crack that because maybe the nerves are on your side, maybe you can cut your teeth in that way. Do you recommend people maybe try for each different level and see what comes up? Is there a strategy for you behind that? Yeah. So my thing is, I think it's in, there's flexibility on this because this is where it comes, it gets very individual. So all these options that we just kind of touched and you mentioned, some people are very much like there's TEDx university events, there's TEDx events, there's TEDx women. So some people have a certain preference. So I think it's like, you know, a podcast, there's so many ways you could do it. So what's going to sit right with you? What's going to have the most legs for you. And, and so you don't feel like, oh, I want to do another one, for example. You know, this isn't a quick fix. You don't want to come out of doing a TEDx and feel like, oh, got my message wrong. I really need another go. 
So at least not straight away. Like I, I had my second TEDx uh, talk was going to be July just passed. It's been postponed to next year now, but I did not want to do, and I don't want to be one of these multiple doing loads of TEDx for the sake of it. The big value is going from not a TEDx speaker to a TEDx speaker. So you, you want to do the work as well. And only I didn't have any help around my TEDx event. Um, the organizers were not that way. That's another thing. Some TEDx event organizers, you almost need to be a professional. Like they really want, a lot of preparation from you. So that's important to research as well. And other ones, it's like a brilliant yeah, support. You know, you. you're a support podcast. You. Yeah. This is the date. Make sure you're ready. Like they may check in a few times, which you might, oh, that's great. So there's lots of different things to bring into a sort of account when you're making a decision. And that's the other thing. It's not just about, oh, I want to go anywhere I'll go. There's certain events you probably wouldn't want to go to, you know, and you need to do your research. And, and the video is important. So you can look at past TEDx events. And you think, well, that's that's not the best. That's not really what I want. So it get, does get very individual in that. And then there's, you know, I fully support if some people are like, actually, I don't care where the TEDx event is because they can see the, the values. The reasons why you're doing it would link to the sort of events you may be going after. Yeah, it's really useful. I did the thing you talked about. I looked at doing TEDx talks about a year and a half ago and did made a few applications. And then I just sort of gave up because it wasn't the priority in my business. And I know when life goes back to some sort of normal that this is on my radar because I know that it's powerful in terms of elevating your status. Uh, and like you say, from a YouTube perspective, if, if nothing else. So I'm curious then, just as, as we go towards wrapping up, what is it that's made you decide to do your second talk? Yeah. So again, completely, completely openly honest. So up to that point, I was offered, and this only became because I did the first one, I was offered a talk in 2018 that I turned down because... I, they were like, oh, we'd love to have you. But that was because they'd seen the last TEDx talk and this was a local event. And what is your idea? Do you have an idea worth sharing? And I was like, yes, I do. And I've already shared it on the TEDx stage. I don't think they should be de devalued. Like, mm. I genuinely don't believe for the TEDx platform that you should have like, oh, I have an idea worth sharing every other month or you know, every six months. I think it should be something really that you can't Special. shut up about and is important. Mm. Yeah, I didn't want to devalue. And I knew that I knew then the prep that was involved in it. Yeah, it may have been local, but that's going to live on on the internet. And I, I was like, awakening around, that's all I want to talk about. That's my idea worth sharing. So I, my second book, solo book is on fear. And I knew, obviously, from what happened before, it's a very useful tool. So I knew at the right time, so 2020, took me about a month to land this next one. But again, that's because of obviously I'm very much in this realm and I'm interviewing a lot of TEDx organizers and that's what I've been focused on for the last couple of years. The main reason I want to do a second one you know, in terms of that's my message, there's another book coming out. So I know that would be useful and that side of things. And also because I've dug into this world, I look at my original talk with eyes wide open. <laughs> that was the best talk I could do in a TEDx stage for 2016, yes. knowing what I knew then. So I love it in that sense. I'm happy with that. But also as the years have gone on and I've you know interviewed hundreds of people on this subject, yeah. it's just like there's certain things you can't ignore. And so on a personal level, yeah. I want to do things differently. And up your game. Yeah. And also, you know, part of the, the big, in my training, yeah, there's things, oh, I, this was great. I did this. This worked well. There's a huge, at least 50% of it is, this is what didn't go so well. I want you to dodge that, you know? So th this is where this was the, you know, this didn't go well. And this is, I've paid the price going on. And part of the reason I don't want my clients to feel like they, they're going to do a second talk. This is the talk you're going to show your grandkids. This is regardless of what your business does, this is going to have value for you going on and on and on. I love that. And I think it's really important to teach from your own things that didn't go right. I don't really want to use the word failing. Uh, and I love the honesty in that. But do you, 
Here's a question. Who do you actually feel a little bit of extra pressure for doing your second talk because you now teach people how to do this? No, I don't. Uh-huh. Honestly, I think I bet it's a good question. I've never thought about I never even thought about it like that. Because I feel like, you know, it's like anything. I feel like when you're nervous or anxious about something or you fear something, it's just from um, you know, unknowns and lack mm. of knowledge. Mm. And usually when a fear shows up for me in, in an area like that, because there are things that I'm like maybe certain anxious about or more than I should be. It's usually because I feel underprepared in that arena or like, wow, I need to do some extra work on that. And yes, I will prepare, but I feel like it's, you know, I've been preparing ever since almost the last one. Yeah. And you're going to go in and you're going to own it. So I'm going to look forward. Yeah. And and I've been digging into it, but in terms of like dropping things and like, uh, you know, other people, like I, part of it is the accountability like this this whole situation around the world as well you know we have every two weeks we have our, my office hours where for clients where and they can drop in and and sometimes you know some of the conversation very interesting but it's just this is the reality of what's happened in the last two weeks or the last month i haven't done anything on my tedx because of this and that's the point mm-hmm. where we don't it's not like oh naughty it's like no, no this is the reality of well where are you now okay what is the priorities now to deal with realities and keep moving forward, regardless if the world's falling apart or like personal reasons, these things always happen. And that, you know, they're, they are potentially great excuses to something like a TEDx or pursuing a TEDx, maybe next year, or I'll do that when. So I, I think it's important to acknowledge that, yes, if you're going after a TEDx, all these things are going to happen. Carnage in the world, personal life stuff is going to happen. But just if this is important to you, just keep this Go. ticking over and moving forwards. Don't yeah. let that Go and do it. Make it happen. I love that message. So I think I probably know at least one of the things you're going to say. But for someone then who wants to get more visible, what would be your three pieces of advice? <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> obvious answer coming. No, I'll try and be slightly less obvious then. <laughs> I would suggest in terms of don't do them all, number one. But in terms of, you know, we talk about podcasting, publishing, and, you know, doing a TEDx talk, all of them require a fair chunk of work. But I would suggest these things are, you know, which one jumps out at you? Because necessary, just because I'm saying they were useful for me, I would suggest really put your, your eggs and go after, you know, one of these things as a priority. You know, so the podcast, you can launch that reasonably quick. So that might be something that you focus on, for example, or and then start researching the TEDx talk, for example, and a book, I don't want to assume, but these are things, if you want to get visible, these are all useful tools. So I would suggest pick one of them as a priority and and just schedule them out in terms of timing. I'd say a podcast, if you really wanted to put the priority into that, you could have that launch within a month. Yeah, I know someone who delivers some content on that, guys, if you're listening. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, a TEDx talk, you can have that secured. I mean, my quickest... Somebody, you know, two weeks or wow. myself in a month or so, or but more realistically, I'd say give yourself six months and don't put pressure in if it hasn't happened. Then, if you're doing the things, you know, if you're doing the activities, amazing. And then, you know, a book I would suggest similar sort of timelines depending on what sort of book you want to put out there. Not all books are created equal, obviously. So that can, t- yeah. So I would, in terms of the advice, these are some of the tools out there to amplify your message and get visible. So which one attracts you the most? Because you, again, if it doesn't. Don't just do a TEDx because I'm saying this is useful. If it doesn't really kind of like, oh, I'd want to do that because then you're kind of, you're You're not not going to love it and you won't show up on stage. Yeah, same sort of thing. And podcasting. Yes, it's great. And I know we both podcast and you help with that. But if the thought of doing that doesn't really float your boat, don't do it. Like there's other things like within that. And if all three of them don't float your boat in the slightest, 
you probably don't want to get visible particularly. So again, <laughs> that's the reality. Go back to the day job. Yeah. Yes. So where is the best place for people to come and find you? Yeah. So if you're interested in kind of more general stuff, Awaken Your Alpha. So ayalpha.com. So Talk Accelerator, talkxcelerator.com for the, all the podcasts on that side of things. Adam Lewis Walker on Instagram and all social media. But if, if you put a search in there, you can... Go find his TED Talk. Yeah. Put that on YouTube, Adam Lewis Walker Great. and TEDx. It will come up at the top and then that will kind of sum up what Awakening Ralph is and you can have a little... Fabulous. We're going to make sure we get that into the show notes below as well. So thank you so much for coming on the show today, Adam. And I hope those of you listening, if you've had it on your vision board, if you have one of those with the big TED red sign, make it happen because no one's going to do it for you. I know Adam's been invited on to do his second, but nobody's going to make that happen. You've got to choose what it is you want to stand out for and the tools and mechanisms you're going to do in order to get visible. Thank you so much for joining us today. No worries. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to Entrepreneurs Get Visible. To get your free checklist on how to raise your profile and to find out about our community, go to annaparkernaples.co.uk forward slash get visible.